0: As I said, our Gospel reading is from the Gospel of John. It's in the last part of the Gospel, which is a great long monologue by Jesus. And it's interspersed with this part, which we've only got part of it, but this is the great prayer that Jesus prays for himself, for his immediate followers, and for everyone who comes afterwards. So he's addressing God in these words. I have made your name known to those whom you gave me from the world. They were yours and you gave them to me and they have kept your word. Now they know that everything you have given me is from you. For the words that you gave me, gave to me, I have given to them and they have received them and know in truth that I came from you and they have believed that you sent me. That you have given me so that they may be one as we are one. While I was with them, I protected them in your name that you have given me. I guarded them and not one of them was lost except the one destined to be lost so that the scriptures might be fulfilled. But now I am coming to you and I speak these things in the world so that they may have my joy, may complete in themselves I have given them your word and the world has hated them because they do not belong to the world just as I do not belong to the world I'm not asking you to take them out of the world but I ask that you protect them from the evil one they do not belong to the world just as I do not belong to the world sanctify them in the truth your word is truth As you have sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world, and for their sakes I sanctify myself, so that they may also be sanctified in truth. I ask not only on behalf of these, but also on behalf of those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one. As you, Father, are in me, and I am in you, may they also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given them, so that they may be one, as we are one. I in them, and you in me, that they may be completely one, so that the world may know that you have sent me. And have loved them even as you have loved me. For the word of God in scripture, for the word of God among us, for the word of God within us. It is a confusing reading. It it always strikes me that it begs for a decent editor. No, you don't need to say the same thing three times. Or do you? Do you need to kind of worry an issue? You know, go around it. If you've ever told anyone a problem that you're having and you've sat down with them, you might, if you were to listen back to a, a recording of it later, find you've you've sort of said the same thing a couple of different ways, trying to get onto the the nub of what's really going on. Why is it that we just, me me and this person, we just can't, we're not getting on, I don't really understand it. And so you keep talking about it. So maybe it is okay to kind of go back and repeat. Whatever is going on here, at the heart of this is definitely relationship. It's definitely the idea that There's a a linking between God and Jesus that Jesus believes ought to be available to everyone. And it's, to any of, anybody who's received any kind of wisdom in the world at all, we recognize that relationships are the central thing, aren't they? We want to be, to be decent human beings alive in the lives of others we want to know that we matter in the world of, to other people you may want to you might be important to you to matter in the big world to have accolades and all of those sorts of things for achievements that you've done but really at the heart of it we need to know that somebody some other people have us alive within them we matter we, we're real and we want to, them to be alive In us, they are real people. They're not just props in our ongoing drama. If that's the way we live, we know that we're living really impoverished lives. So we all know this to be true to an extent. And we know that the quality and the the substance of those relationships have to be deep and meaningful. Um, We know we have relationships... Relationships with all kinds of institutions. Some of us are in relationship with my aged care. My dad and I were working through the labyrinthine issues around that the other day. But that's with an institution and there's nobody who actually knows him in that institution. The same when we deal with Centrelink uh, and, and some of us are having to deal with the NDIS and its um, establishment problems. But it's qualitatively different because Jesus says... I have made your name known to those you gave me. Now that doesn't just mean I have told you a person's name. You know, we all go through. Do you, you notice when you with people and they say, oh, I'm terrible with names, as if no one else is. It's just me. It's just my individual problem. Uh, I'm fine with faces, but I'm terrible with names. I don't know why. That's, well, we all are, because we don't pay attention, because we're so busy in our own heads. We're not very good at it. Because we know somehow that a name is important. It's terrible if I say hi to you and I'm supposed to know your name and I can't remember it. I I feel ashamed and embarrassed because that's not the way I want our relationship to be. Even if we're not that close, we certainly won't get close if I don't know your name or can't remember it and you the same with me. To make a name known, particularly in the ancient world, was to open up the heart of a person to know someone deeply. Deeply. It's like we would often do, or we used to do in the old days, when, when we were children, we would call adults by their last name. Uh, and uh, it would seem sort of shocking to call them by their first name. We had to kind of grow up a bit. And I, know, I, I remember, Ruth, you would often speak um, to Elizabeth Finnegan. You would call her Mrs Finnegan, which is a great sign of respect. And uh, and I And I get that. But at the same time, there's an an opportunity when we get to know someone to go deeper into that relationship. And that's really what Jesus is talking about here. Not I have told them your name, but I have opened up what it means to them, to my followers, what it means to live deeply in the reality of the world, which is what we mean by God. And I have made your name known to those you gave me. I have made your name known to those you, God, gave me. Giving is at the heart of this prayer. We are a gift to the world, to each other, and in this instance, to Jesus. It's mentioned, giving is mentioned over and over in this gospel. See, it's an extraordinary idea that we are a gift. You think, well, it's a pretty lousy gift. You know, what what am I a gift to to anyone? How could that be? Of any meaning and any value, but Jesus assumes that it's just the nature of the world. Giving is giving and receiving, it's a kind of a, a circular thing. You can't have a gift without a receiver willing to give. Some of us are pretty good at giving gifts, not very good at receiving gifts. Oh, no, I'm fine. No, no, I, I can manage by myself we need to learn to be as good as re- receivers in humility as we are givers and according to jesus the act of giving and receiving is central to the entire makeup of the, st- of the structure of the world it's a constant giving and receiving so what's given is important but the act of giving seems to be central to it it's like when you when we've discovered what happens inside an atom that it's a constant moving, a constant cycling. And that's what keeps the world going. It's the movement is, the, is essential to our physical world, to everything in the universe. is constant motion. And it's this gift, it's this momentum of gift giving and gift receiving that Jesus sees as central to the world. That you are actually given and you are receiving all the time. There's a story in a, a, a wonderful book uh, from the 1980s, Lewis Hyde's The Gift. It's an extraordinary book that um, uh, is very helpful to people in, create, in the creative industries, but is available to everyone. And it's this story of, of a couple of cultures that he had encountered where gift-giving was not about the thing. So I have to think about a gift for my friend because it's going to be his birthday. What do you give a man who has everything? You know, that, it's hard work. Isn't it? In this culture, the gift is, wasn't the thing, the giving was the thing. So they had this item, I can't remember what it was, it was of not any significance in itself, but that was the gift. And I have the gift, and it's my job now to give the gift to you. And you put it in a prominent place in your home. And people come in and they see that you have the gift. And, and they know what that means, that you've been treated with respect and honour and you've received the gift and the, there would be ceremony around it around eating a little bit like the the, uh, the Red Brocade uh, poem there's all this ceremony around how you receive it and then at some point in in time and my memory of reading the book I couldn't find the, the chapter when I was looking for it this week my memory is that, that, that the anthropologists who were studying this couldn't quite figure out when the right time was but everybody else knew it's now time for me to give the gift to you and each time the gift is given it's seen it, it takes on deeper importance because it's moved around and it's the whole village has had the gift and receives the gift so and there's a sense where when the gift is given even though it's given from this individual home to that individual home it's the whole of the village giving because each of us has had it in our home And we put it up and and when we go into each other's homes we see the gift and we know what it means. It's not about the thing, it's about the giving. It somehow increases in value, in, in importance and in depth in the giving. It's one of the understandings that Christians have about the Trinity, the idea that God is somehow, in some way that we can't explain, God the Father, God the Son and God the Spirit. Which appears all the way through the Bible, and out of that, Christians have uh, developed this theory that we call the Trinity—that God is somehow all one, and yet within God's self is three energies or entities. And every time you try to explain it or talk about it, the words just fall off the edge of a cliff almost immediately. So it's very hard to do. But one of the ways of talking about it is that it's that why. There's an important. Why the, the Trinity is important is because it's a dynamic giving. It's a constant cycle and circle of giving, or a spiral. Because the other thing about giving in the way that, the, that Lewis High tells in this story is that in a circle, when you go around the circle and you get back to where you were, you're in the same place. But in a spiral, of course, each time it feels like you might be in the same place, but you're actually expanded further out, Like Robert Smithson's Spiral Jetty, you keep moving out all the time. That giving is this is is not something you do; it's the centre and meaning of the universe. In the way that the atom is not a, a, a a kind of an accident within the atom; it's the nature of the atom. It can't be without that constant movement of the. Neutrons and the protons? Which one sort of sits in the middle? That's the nucleus, isn't it? Yeah, anyway, you, you, you know what I mean. That the life of faith, the life of everything, is this dynamic sense of giving. And Jesus lived his life in this experience. He actually experienced the disciples that he had with him, and, and in his prayer, the rest of us, as gifts. Sometimes, as if you've been a parent, um, you manage to, for a short period of time, imagine your children as gifts to you. You know That doesn't last mostly through the day, especially if they're a bit naughty or a bit tired. Um, and we can imagine our friends as gifts to us. And it changes the way we think about them and the way we think about ourselves. Jesus said, all mine are yours and all yours are mine. And I have been glorified in them. All mine are yours and yours are mine and I have been glorified in them. In, in the Gospel of John, glory means reputation. My reputation as, an, as, as a part of the godness of the world, if, to use that word, has become about because of these, because of you, because of me, us, the human beings in the world. Jesus has a good reputation Because of us We count We are gifts to the world and to each other That's one of the things he's saying He says He talks about wanting his followers to be sanctified Which is simply a word for setting aside Because it's important The temple Which the Jews of Jesus' day knew very well Had all kinds of implements and and things within it That were set aside for. They couldn't be used for anything else other than for the special work in the temple. They might be ordinary things. There was lots of knives and stuff uh, for cutting up the, the sacrifices that were a part of that, that uh, practice. So that they looked like ordinary knives, but they weren't they were special because only because they were set aside. And Jesus is saying the same thing about human beings, that they be set aside as 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 meaningful, as wonderful, as gifts. And Jesus says, the glory, the reputation, if you like, that you've given me, the regard that you have for me, I have given to them. It's this powerful idea that we are all drawn up in this, that we might be one. Just as we, Jesus says, God and I are one. It's this spiralling out. Now... I've got a slight headache having said all of that because I've no, I've no idea, I've no idea what I'm talking about. How could you? Because I'm on the, only on the very edge of this. It's like a kid who's been playing in a paddling pool all of his life, then taken to the beach. Is it a big paddling pool? Not really. Can any of the things you've learned in the paddling pool be helpful um, in the ocean? Maybe? But it's a, it's a whole other thing, isn't it? And you can look at it and say, well, it's water, and that was water. But I really have no idea what I'm stepping into. That's what I think these texts are inviting us to. Not to try and understand them, but to step into them and say, wait a minute, this is opening out into something that if I give it my attention and let it be with me, the idea that I'm a gift, that you are gifts to me that I'm a gift to you, and that together we are in this radical unity and a gift to God and God a gift to us. Don't try to understand it. Just be in it for a while and see how it feels. See what it does for us. See where it takes us. I think that's what we're being invited to do. I think that's all we can do. Let's stop there. Thanks, Ashley.